Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about the podcast Too Beautiful to Live. In Pawtucket, Rhode Island, I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me from the Kyle Insect Museum in Kyle, Texas, it's Mike Frizzell. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bobby. And in New Brighton, Minnesota, at the Stick of Butter Studios, Anne Lundholm. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Bobby. This is a Monday recap edition of the show. We're going to talk about the week that was in the land of TBTL. If you haven't listened to the Friday show yet, more on that in a minute. We'll do all of that, plus some housekeeping and how you can get involved. Mike, tell us what people have missed if they haven't listened to Friday yet. Sarah Mulrooney, um, really interesting lady, really smart lady. And she chose a um, probably the first time that we've had a downer of a clip, and that was a clip of the of Luke announcing his breakup with um, Vanessa. And it was relevant to her because it, it uh, at the time, inspired her to get out of a uh, relationship that wasn't working. So it was uh, it was really an emotional show and a touching show, but uh, God damn if we didn't have a lot of laughs too, right? <laughs> we did. It was really fun. So downer of a clip uh, in some ways, but there were a couple fun things in there too. And it's really, it was really an interesting conversation. I think, Anne, you... You said that later that night that uh, you knew we had a winner of a show because you were editing it and you were you were laughing about a conversation that you just had yep. a couple hours ago. And so. I, I felt like the show was running a little bit on the long side, so I was looking to cut some material. And I mm -hmm. thought, well, we can cut the part where we talked about download numbers. That's not that critical. But then that led into Emmy talk, which led into balding talk, which led into your great story about a bald spot. And then Sarah's great story about a bald spot. And I was like, God damn it. I can't her, cut her any bald of spot. this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, didn't I ask her at some point if she painted her bald spot? You're asking know. everybody that question these days. So I don't know. <laughs> That's true. Who haven't I asked? I asked the I never thought the world would, would come to a point where I would ask the president of the United States if he painted his bald spot. But it has come to that where I have that little respect for the man. <laughs> Uh, so, um, I guess we have some throw your phone moments, not as many as last week or the week before the week before the week before the week before, well, we but, have, uh, we do have a few, we have plenty of feedback. It's just not the kind of existential crisis that we had to deal with last week. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, right. we had, um, some fun comments about last week's show. Uh, Michelle wants to say that new Mike and I are wrong about Taco John's. Taco John's is awesome. Uh, this was echoed by Eddie and Shanna, although she says that the six-pack and a pound is definitely a shame-caliber food. Yes, it is. Um, I, I hear that it's the potato olays that everyone is unanimous on. Potato olays are Josh good. Loves those too. They're good. I've never had mm -hmm. those Taco sure. Time Mexi fries, but so I don't know how they relate, but potato olays are a, good. A Mexi fry is a traditionally shaped tater tot. Mm -hmm. and seasoned for, yeah and deep fried. with a with a taco-esque seasoning on it although mm -hmm. i think they could be seasoned a little bit more but they're still you know untouchably good i wouldn't uh i wouldn't judge uh the potato olays if i see correctly from the internet they're they're round and flat like coin shaped like and they're um, smaller like yeah a, like a burger king hash brown size yeah they're just like a really fat quarter Kind of, and they've got the yeah. seasoning mm -hmm. on there too. And I have yeah. to say, uh, Michelle, you're right. 
Taco John's. There's nothing wrong with Taco John's. It's a little, little greasy, a little fatty, but that's what it's supposed to be. It's just after two and a half years of working there in my teens, I walked away and I thought, you know, I'm good for the rest of my life. No acrimony. I had a great experience working there. It's just I walked past it at a, a food court uh, years ago and I smelt the smell and it was immediately so familiar that I said, yeah, I'm still good. <laughs> not, not not nostalgic yet. If no, not still not yet. Some time. If anyone's still concerned about this and, and not sure, uh, feel free to contact me and we'll get the Kickstarter off the ground to send me to the Twin Cities and then to <laughs> Seattle and we'll do a side-by-side comparison of Taco mm-hmm. John's and Taco Time. I'm okay. I'm happy to put myself, my health, and my future on the line as long as the listeners will pay for it. Mm-hmm. You're such a giver, Bobby. <laughs> Always thinking of others. Um, in other food-related news, the debate over applets and cutlets rages on. Uh, Naomi is Ugh. thumbs down on applets and cutlets. And, of course, Jeremy, whose whole idea this was to put them in uh, new Mike's uh, wagon full of loot, he says that she's totally wrong. And, uh, I, Mike, I think you said that you agreed with Naomi on the thumbs down. And- Jeremy, um, Jeremy has no taste buds. Jeremy likes banana candy, he likes applets and cutlets, he likes Soylent, he likes horrible energy drinks. I've yet to hear him sing the praises of anything that actually tasted good. So if if Jeremy wants to put something in a care package, that's uh, just a reason to say no, anything but that. <laughs> a blind take to the item next to it on the shelf. He did once live on rations that he found in an emergency raft in a dumpster. I mean, it's just something to keep in mind. Yes. <laughs> but... Uh, Pamela did post a nice comment that she has nostalgia for apples and cutlets because they were her mom's favorite. So her mom and Jeremy you know what share some taste. You know what they're really good for is if like um, you have kids and they have like a little dollhouse or something, you need doorstops for the little <laughs> doors in there. They're excellent for that. Please, no one tweet at apples and cutlets and tell them we said that. <laughs> no, please, because we're not pussies. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that word. Bad language. That's foreshadowing. Expertly done, Bobby. Um, Megan (laughs) says that she is not okay with ASMR creeping into her podcasts. And she says creepy is the appropriate root word. Um, I agree. ASMR does not bother me, but it's just sort of a weird thing to keep bringing up. Mm -hmm. And then we had a couple of really fun emails um, from Alicia. She uh, put the subject flush my phone moment. And she says, okay, I've always had a super low tolerance and particular distaste for gross out humor, but I know the guys love their poop talk and I love the guys. So ideal. I now know exactly what my tolerance line in the sand sounds like fart sounds. I literally yanked mm-hmm. my earbuds out and skipped ahead for all I know. I could have missed a key plot point that was sandwiched in with that. Does Andrew eat cheese now? Is Sigurose playing an upcoming Burbank family party? I'll never know. Thanks to fart sounds. Alicia, I am with you, girl. That was disturbing. Yeah, that was the Beach Boys' worst album. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sure we'll get to that later in the week. Um, In some random stuff, Jeff Richardson is spamming our Facebook page with pictures of gnomes, which means that he listened (laughs) to the last clip show that Christy and I did. And some of those gnomes are disturbing, Jeff. I'm not sure what's going on in your brain, but you made me laugh. Um, We got an email from Hunter, 
who is thinking of a new nickname for Andrew. He said that he is in uh, Brussels, Belgium, and uh, he sent us a picture of a poster for the a Belgian Comic-Con with the appearance of DJ Hodor. He says, I miss DJ Hodor by a week. Can we add DJ to Andrew's monikers? And I would say if the story about him sabotaging the jukebox in that bar with the spoken word Tom Waits song is any indication of how good a DJ he is. No, we cannot add that to his nickname. Maybe mixtape Hodor. Yeah, absolutely. And that is, I think that's the real um, guy who plays Hodor, right? Isn't that his DJ side Mm -hmm. business? He goes by DJ Hodor now. And finally, we got a great email from Eric, just a note to tell us how much he likes us and that we're awesome. He says he subscribes to 40 plus podcasts and we are in his top three, which made me think uh, back in my babysitting days, I used to babysit for the Morrison family and they told me once in all sincerity that I was their third favorite babysitter. And they had a lot of babysitters. (laughs) (laughs) So this was a, a big honor, but these children were little shits so i will say that i have much more appreciation and gratitude for being in eric's top three podcasts and eric if you're on facebook get at me because um we should be friends did you ever ask for feedback as to how you might be able to crack the top two or maybe zoom all the way to number one i should not have even taken any gigs with those people in the first place (laughs) they were so wretched I, they uh-huh. used to do this thing where, okay, they paid for crap. They had three children and they paid me $3 an hour. And th- something that would happen fairly often was that I would walk in the door and they'd be like, oh, and their cousins are over. Okay, bye. And instead of three children, I had six children to take care of and they never paid me any extra money. But then when I got a little older and I got the job at the Taco John's, so I didn't need their $3 an hour anymore. Then they had my brother a few times and they did the same thing to him. Their cousins are here. Bye. And one time one of the cousins was a baby and my brother was like 12, I think. And he had no idea how to take care of an infant. So 12 year old boys with a baby. That sounds like a fantastic. So he called my mom who was um, recovering from radiation for the cancers and she had to get out of her sick bed and come down and stay with him for the evening and help him take care of these children. And when the parents came back, she gave them a piece of her mind. Well, I hope they had a good time. Yeah, they were really nice people. They were just so inappropriate with their babysitters. So I, I hmm. have never uh, felt the need to climb up the ranks. I mean, number three babysitter, <laughs> that's just my natural talent right there. I wonder if the moms, uh, the mom brother combo cracked the top 10 because you're getting two babysitters and one there. Yeah. That's a value deal. (laughs) Right. That appeals to me as a consumer. (laughs) That's your super maximizing right there. Right. Uh, So that is all the the feedback that we had this week. I mean, there's more. There's still great conversations going on the Facebook page. So if you're not a part of that, please come and hang out with us. Absolutely. I had an experience um, over the last, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks. Uh, the reason that I was not uh, on the show last week, or one of the reasons we do like to rotate and give people days off, uh, was because I had to save my family from uh, from breaking up. And what happened is Cullen is a senior in college, and he's um, he's a what is called now a media arts major. It used to be radio, TV, film, RTVF. Now it's called media arts. Either way, it's 
basically unemployable. <laughs> so he's very worried about finding employment when he gets done. So he's doing a lot of stuff. He's being, you know, proactive. He's going to the career counselor every Monday and, you know, he's just generally thinking about his future and he's taking some, some steps towards, um, you know, trying to, trying to have a job when he gets out of college in, in May, but he's stressed out and he spent the first half of his spring break with his dad and stepmom. And, um, he left there a day early cause I think they were stressing him out. So he came here and, and because he's the one really who's most stressed, the stress came from San Antonio to Kyle with him. And he kind of went to war with Emily a little bit. And the, normally the tradition is when he's done with whatever break it is, uh, Emily will drive him back to Denton. They will um, stay in a hotel uh, for a night or two. Cullen loves staying in hotels. So, you know, when his mom takes him back, he'll stay, you know, they'll get a suite and he'll stay in the front and she'll, she'll get the bedroom in the back. And they were, they were arguing so much that, um, uh, Emily asked him, well, do you still want to stay with me in the hotel when we get to Denton? He goes, no. And that's a big deal because he really likes, you know, living it up at that breakfast bar, you know, the pancake machine. <laughs> Could you, that shit. can you blame him? <laughs> no, certainly not. His age, you know, hotel is cool. His age, you know, at age. my age of like, can I go home? <laughs> <laughs> Those pancake machines are like three grand. I've looked into it. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. And I, we just don't have the counter space here, here at the insect museum. But, um, so, uh, I, I privately, I said, uh, Emily, do you want me to take him back to Denton? Cause they would probably just, I think just argue the whole way because <laughs> it's just too, it's too stressful. And, uh, she said, uh, yeah, if you, if you want to. And then she asked Cullen and he was enthusiastic about it and decided he wanted to stay in the hotel with me. So, we we had a bro trip, and on the way, I was able to explain a lot of the misunderstandings that he was having with his mom, and you know, kind of smooth things over, and then talk talk about let him talk about his future, and just give him like zero pressure or feedback. So, kind of a low pressure situation. Being a stepdad, met him when he was thirteen. You know, I just pick my spots as far as parenting goes. I'm not required really to do much, except just be accepting and and support Emily and whatever, and his dad and whatever decisions they make. So uh, we get up there, we, we, we go out to, to BJ's, uh, which is not a place that I would normally go, <laughs> but he likes it. So uh, he got a $16 six-inch pizza. It's really it called BJ's? Me. Yeah, BJ's. You're not familiar with and, BJ's? Mm-hmm. It's a chain. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a Sam's Club. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah. It's I would like a Buffalo Wild Wings, but they don't feature wings. It's oh, sorry, wrong like BJ's. Lots of t, lots of uh, TVs and sports and and uh, you know lots of beers on tap and stuff like that. So and it's near the theaters that he likes to go to. So like he he's familiar with it and he wanted to go there. So we went there, you know, and we had a lot, a lot of good conversations there. And then the next morning, what we were supposed to do was get his cap and gown and tassel uh, and. Uh, invitations and announcements, all that stuff squared away. <clears throat> so we are driving around Denton and he, we we get his mom on the phone and I put her on speaker uh, and I have one of those, you know, suction cup things. So the phone is like right in front of me or whatever. So, but we're talking so long and, and Emily and Cullen are being civil to each other and they're getting this stuff 
solved like how many of this and how many of that and how you know how many people is your dad announcing or inviting all this stuff okay so um we sign off all friendly we both say goodbye to emily and uh, we're probably it's another 10 minutes or so uh i i cullen drops his stuff up off at his apartment then he jumps back in the car and i'm driving him down to the barnes and noble on campus where he can you know go in and inquire and get all his stuff together for graduation and we have a you know we're having a real pleasant conversation and then when i stop the car to drop him off you know we we tell each other you know we love each other and i tell him like finish strong be good or whatever and and he's you know he says a couple more sweet things and we'd have the the weird awkward car hug Uh and we kind of touch heads like cone heads and we're i'm i'm driving now i i i Touch my Cullen's gone now, and I touch my phone so that I can get some navigation, so I can get out of Denton and get back to I thirty five. And there's Emily, still there. She never hung up. Aww. Right. So she listened to that whole thing, and she was really touched, and did her heart good that that uh, Cullen had had a good time and and had you know had some sort of non judgmental support or <laughs> support that he can see is not judgmental because Emily hasn't been, you know, really riding him or anything, but it's, he has so much pressure in his head about it that he, he felt that strain in the relationship. So, um, so I, I felt a little spied on or betrayed or whatever, but, uh, and as I was driving home from that, I was listening to the, the hearings, um, where they're talking about the, uh, Russians interfering with the election and all that, and and uh, they they pretty much said that there was no substantiation for Trump uh, Trump's claim that Obama was sick and sad and and sitting there uh, tapping Trump Tower phones. And I was and I was thinking, I actually have this actually happened to me. I just got I just got wiretapped. I just got spied on. I have evidence the, of this. The term is wires tapped, Mike. Yeah, yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, but I didn't tweet about it uh, because I, I just wanted to let the, the moment sit. And so that was great. And then the next day, uh, just to make make sure that, that uh, Emily was in a good state of mind, I let myself be taken to Beauty and the Beast. And <laughs> oh, my goodness. I enjoyed it more than she did. That is a sacrifice, so. <laughs> knowing you. I know. I don't, I'm not into musicals. Um, I saw the cartoon Dozens and dozens and dozens of times because when when it came out, I had a stepdaughter who was like age six. So you can imagine, you know, I didn't really like to park her in front of the in front of the screen without watching stuff with her. So that meant I got to watch Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid uh, dozens of times. And I also uh, I watched All Dogs Go to Heaven with her, but I would sit <laughs> behind her so that she wouldn't see me crying. <laughs> I think I know some of the songs from All Dogs Go to Heaven. Don't. Don't do it. (laughs) Don't you do it. I wonder how far into your conversation uh, that everyone was listening into that that Sergei Kislyak just started tearing up in his office. (laughs) I got to tell you, I I almost cried a bunch of times during Beauty and the Beast. And but uh, never quite got me, but it was close many times. Uh, Anne, 
Speaking of musicals, yes. you, you says here in the notes you want a do-over on gleification. I do want a do-over on gleification. People may be surprised to hear that there are some things that we leave on the table every week when we do the recap where uh, the conversational pathway just goes in a way that gets away from something that you wanted to say and you don't want to drag it back mm-hmm. or you're running long on time, so you just let it go. And usually, uh, you know, that's it. And I didn't say let it. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. Sorry, I can't hit that note. Congratulations. You're every, every eight-year-old at the last TBTL picnic. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, I heard about that. That's, that's a nightmare. Anyway, I usually let Sorry. it go and move on. But over the week, I have been thinking about the discussion of gleification that was on TBTL, and I've been getting sort of, not exactly hotter under the collar, but my opinions have been getting stronger. (laughs) And when we talked about it last week, Bobby mentioned my favorite show, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and that got me off onto a tangent, and I never went to the things that I wanted to say. And so I want to say them now, that I totally disagree with Andrew on the subject of the gleification of entertainment, which means I guess I agree with Genevieve. And um, for people whose memories are short, that he was talking about shows like Glee and movies like Pitch Perfect taking over the the entertainment zeitgeist as it, as it were. Um, I think he's talking about two different things. Musicals, I would say, obviously have been around forever and they have been popular forever. He cited Hamilton. But then he also mentioned in the 90s, there was Rent. But then in the 80s or the 70s, there was Grease. And then in the 60s and the 50s, there have been musicals forever. And it ebbs and flows, but they're there. If you want to put Glee into the mix, I think that's something different. Because in musicals, um, the the music comes from people expressing expressing their emotions, like they're doing whatever in the plot, and then they stop and they have to sing about how they feel. Glee and Pitch Perfect and those kinds of things, those are musical groups in the TV show or the movie as part of the plot, and they're performing as part of the show. It's not their inner monologue being expressed. So if you say that any show that has music in it is a musical, then... I we're talking about all kinds of things. Then I don't know. Do we say Amadeus is a musical? Cause it had plenty of music in it. Um, almost famous. Is that a musical? Cause it had music in it. I don't think that's how we, um, we define that stuff. So I think that it's unfair to put those together. And if you are talking about a show with music in it, we can go back to the monkeys. We can go to the partridge family. So that kind of stuff has been going on forever. And I would say it didn't even start this resurgence with Glee. It was with American Idol and the emergence mm. of the com- competitive singing show, I think, is where that comes from. And while we're talking about Glee, Andrew, and now I am talking to Andrew, I checked out on Glee, I think, in the second season because I had some real problems with it. But it was a show that had main characters who were black women, who were Asian women, There was a gay kid. There was a kid in a wheelchair. There were all kinds of people who have been marginalized by. There was a character who had Down syndrome, for God's sakes, who was a real developed character. So don't sneer gleeification at me like it's some bad, stupid thing. And that's really what I want. I want him to come up with a different name for it. I want him to have a little bit of respect. Because just because it's not for him, anybody who spends their time watching reruns of Murder, She Wrote and the Rockford Files playing on his iPad has no room to criticize a show like Glee. There, I'm done. 
I would have loved to see Jim Rockford break into song at some point. I bet he could have done it. Columbo just sweeping his little coat around and just telling us how he really felt. And I want to say, I'm not... I'm not even a huge musical person. Can I just say that? Like Andrew was saying, mm-hmm. I like cats, but I'm not a cat person. I like musicals, but I'm not like a musical theater nerd. So this is not re- me really getting into my feelings over this. This is me just looking at the broader picture, I think, and saying that I think that he should not be so judgmental. Well, and I agree with you about that term. It's a it's an inflammatory term, and I'm not even sure that it, it is a real phenomenon. We we had this discussion privately. Um, what what I do think is a phenomenon, and I think it's it's well well thought out and well executed by the major networks, is like you said, American Idol and these uh, America has talent. I refuse to say America's got talent. Um, <laughs> America's kids got singing. I think that was the, <laughs> the show. Stuff. The stuff that you have to watch, if you want to vote on it, you have to watch it live. You know, it's not a, they aren't DVR shows. And now they've been doing musicals, which people want to watch because they want to talk about them, like, you know, with their friends during real time, or they want to talk about it the next morning when they see their other, you know, coworkers or friends that, um, that enjoy Peter Pan, or I forget, there was another one. And, and I'm sure this stuff's going to keep happening because of DVR culture, um, they want they the networks need you to get back to old school have to sit your ass down in a seat and sit through the commercials so that uh, i wouldn't call it gleification i would call it business and it's that more of that stuff is coming and that's i think that's overall a good thing cuz they make money and and the the people who enjoy musicals get what they want. I know exactly which channel not to turn on for those three hours. That's okay. You can watch sports and I'll watch the sound of music live and we'll both be happy. Exactly. That That's why sports are becoming such a more important property. That's why the franchises and the TV contracts are getting huger and huger because there are so few options for advertisers now to reach people immediately and, and in venues where, where you can't say, fuck it, I'm not watching any of your damn commercials. So, uh, Bobby, do you have anything on the subject? No, I just needed to go get a first aid kit for Andrew because he's going to need something for <laughs> Yeah, that. that was triage for Andrew. Whew. I don't feel bad good. about it. And you're the right. only person I know whose hot takes are better when they've been reheated. You're the casserole of this show. <laughs> it's right. because I'm a ruminator, Bobby. Because I get a thought on my brain and I, I turn it and I turn it and I turn it and it goes in the rock tumbler of my brain until it's polished to a yeah. high sheen. <laughs> yeah, that happens for me too. And then and then when the time comes, I forget all of it. <laughs> uh, all I was going to mention in my update from the last week is that I had a successful tweet. And it makes me feel like Luke to say that. Oh. <laughs> but uh, Wednesday night, uh, Chris Hayes was in Boston on uh, his book tour for A Colony in a Nation, which you should buy, and you should buy it at littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. I had mine on pre-order, so it came uh, earlier this week. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. And it was a one-hour talk. Uh, he was on a tight schedule because he had to rush off to a Boston studio to tape his show. And you mentioned this on the Friday show. I appreciate that. Um but I want to just mention the spin out, which is that there was a quick Q&A, but I didn't even try to get near the mic because there were lots of weird shut-ins that 
beat me to it. Sure. Reppin, reppin. I don't want the mic. Yeah. <laughs> so on my way out the door, I, I used this instinct, which was thinking somebody just shuffled Chris Hayes into a car and they're speeding him out to the burbs to the, to the NBC studios probably, which means he's probably sticking around on his phone with nothing else to do. So if mm-hmm. I want to tweet at him, this is my chance. And so I tweeted at, hey, Chris L. Hayes, I didn't get to ask my question tonight, so I'll ask here, paint your bald spot? <laughs> and doesn't he respond, like, 30 seconds later, and all he writes is, sick? <laughs> Which is Which the is, last part of the Larry King right. clip, when he hangs up on dude, right? So, yeah, so of course, of course Chris Hayes knows every beat and hits it perfectly, but that's not the part I want to brag about. The part I want to brag about is that this got just enough attention that it cracked the barrier on Twitter where people who aren't following me saw it. And so I've gotten tweets the last few days from person after person who think I'm genuinely criticizing the physical appearance of Chris Hayes. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. One person just says, class. Somebody else says, more concerned with what's going on inside his head. Oh, God. Better to shave your head. Did anyone attack you like like your picture, your profile pictures, you know? Uh, no, I but got lucky there. Liberals are too classy for that, right? If you'd have gone after a conservative, right. they would have been, oh, your gums are fucked up, dude. You know? So I just tweeted back at each of those people with the, the link to the YouTube video of the, uh, the oh, audio of Larry King. I didn't nice. say anything else. I just... I, I wanted right. to send that's the joke, but I didn't think they'd get it because clearly there's an issue there. So anyway, I just yeah. uh, I I had more Twitter success Wednesday night than I've had in a long time and will probably have in a long time. Uh, Mike, I remember you used to muse that you think you're more than one tenth as funny as Luke and therefore you should have more than one tenth as many followers <laughs> as Luke. Yes. I think I have like – Especially on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't remember how many followers you have now, but I think I have like a quarter of the followers you have. So I'm oh I'm one fourth as funny as your one tenth of funny as Luke. Oh my god, it gets complicated <laughs> at a certain point. Yeah, it's fractions of humor, but I'll take what I can get. Well, nice job by you. <laughs> that's all. That's all I set this up for. Thank you. All right, uh, week in review. We're going to be able to get through it pretty quick this week. It was sort of content light. Um, McLow Hanging Fruit is Monday show, 2340. Uh, Phyllis is thrilled. We get it, As soon as Phyllis starts listening, we get all caps update in our chat um, that they that Andrew has used a drop of, I think it's the uh, governor of Washington State yeah. who says crazy stuff. Yes, I think and so. And she's thrilled that, that he dropped it in the open, which is nice for her. Uh, Luke has hiccups, but then he doesn't. So he just gets to talk about having hiccups. <laughs> why, not, why not just be happy they're gone? I don't know. Uh, Andrew tries for a very early tangent. I hope this was a tangent or because if, if this was a segment that they thought up, then this, this is not a great segment. No, he, because he said, hello, Luke Burbank. I've been reading my old emails during your introduction. That's true. He's just going for a tangent. It's essentially and, what he said. And what these what these emails are are 2011 uh, Ross and Burbank show idea pitches, and they aren't good. <laughs> they 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 aren't good. They were, and there's a reason that they didn't do some of those pitches, and that reason here six years later is you know 
just as uh, just as strong for not doing them. So, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, at the end of this, Luke encourages him to grab more pitches and bring them back. And I hope everyone forgets about this. Yeah. Um, they put 38 seconds on the clock. I like that. Um, I do too. I hope they they keep that up and stick to that when someone goes on a tangent. Unless it's a good one, then don't even note it. Just let the clock expire. If someone's on a roll, just let them go. The you problem know, you don't with have to note the, the 38 seconds up. on the clock is that you're just going to, near the end of the show, you're just going to start fouling him every time and sending him to the line. Yeah. That's true. You know, when you're really behind at the end of the show, yeah, it the, gets the, boring. The last five minutes of the podcast are going to take two hours. Oh, God. Running clock. Uh, Luke tangents off uh, with Jimmy Breslin talk. Um, radio uh, really, they make the point that, that radio are the suckers and the people that keep event marketing like the Shamrock Shake and the McRib going and it's very true and i when i was building the papa john's brand in seattle and portland i use that kind of stuff all the time you know sending sending stuff to always sending stuff to the stations sending stuff to the remotes you know because the guys will talk about it's right in front of them so you know that's tale as old as time as that's a fresh phrase in my mind (laughs) this week (laughs) And we find out Luke was a vegetarian as a teenager. Have we ever heard this before? I don't know. Um, he made it sound like it was a pretty passing fad, so he might be thinking of a weekend. That's true. When he didn't have enough money to buy a jumbo jack. Right. <laughs> vegetarian by choice. All he could get was some some fries. That was it. Yeah. We find out that uh, Bean and Genevieve are pork reservists in that they are carnivores but do not eat pork and a fact that comes to light here that i didn't know before is that he now lives in new orleans he's moved from vashon to new orleans which seems odd yeah i just found the listing for bean's house from last year uh two million dollars for their colorful eclectic uh is it burian b-u-r-i-n burian oh he actually lived in burian I, hmm. I guess that's um, not Vashon. Oh, I thought it was maybe multiple situations. Okay. This is even probably using them before, uh, but I'll put this article in the show notes just for the sake of the pictures, because the house is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he has lots of uh, dogs. I think pugs. Isn't that his thing? I think pugs are his thing. And he has pigs, pigs and pugs. <laughs> uh, and I don't know why. I don't know why I let it, get to me that people won't eat cute and or smart animals. Um, people are free to do whatever they want, but shouldn't animals be consumed on the, on like a pyramid of deliciousness? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I love my dogs, but if, if they were more delicious, you know, than, than filet mignon, I'm sorry, Abby. I mean, I'm roasting that rumpus. Dennis Leary has a whole uh, thing on it in his No Cure for Cancer uh, album where he talks about that and the difference between, like, we won't eat otters, but we'll eat cows. You know, yeah, just, just because the otter the otter can swim around and do cute little things with its hands. Yeah. And, okay, you're free to go. And then the cow comes <laughs> and, like, what are you, a cow? No, you're not. You're a baseball glove. 
I mean, what's yeah. the difference? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't get it. So I'm trying to be, like, accepting of people's preferences like that. And, you know, there's pigs. Why wouldn't you eat a pig? Because Come it's on. smart, apparently. So I guess I have to stop eating dolphin. So <laughs> on this logic, you know, if you, you, you can be a cannibal, it's just you have to get really dumb, ugly people to eat. <laughs> That kind of makes sense, actually. Um, Luke makes a quality slate plus premium joke. I, I, I don't know, Bobby. You and I might be the the only ones that that catch that because they do advertise that all the time on Hang Up and Listen. On Hang Up and Which Listen. We're now and retiring I, from our podcast feeds. Yeah, I'm done with it. With Pesca's yeah. done, I'm done. So, um, but yeah, that cracks me up every time they advertise that thing. It's like forty five dollars a year. So you can download another 10 minutes of, you know, a podcast that's already an hour and 10 minutes. And if it were really good, it would have been in the show. Yep. <laughs> so. Yeah. My, my favorite that. part is the weeks where uh, on Hang Up and Listen, they would pitch the Slate Extra segment. And then Mike Pesca would immediately sort of mock the Slate Plus segment as not <laughs> yes. particularly interesting. <laughs> right. It's really great. Really subversive. I enjoy that. Uh, Carrie is at a retirement home doing low speed improv. God uh, bless her. I love it. <laughs> with the old... See, this brought up some, this brought up some primal stuff for me. Like, you know, obviously my body's falling to shit, you know, I, I, but I still feel like my mind is sharp and I'm, I'm just picturing myself in this old folks home. If I, God forbid, or, or God, God help me. I make it long enough to be in an old folks home. Um, I just. I hope I can keep up. You know, I hope Carrie doesn't have to slow her roll so, so I can I can catch up, you know. Just, I worry about, since my brain is my only decent feature anymore, I worry about losing it. It's not and bad. I, <laughs> it's not yet bad. Not all bad. Well, almost uh, all old folks' homes have the bird enclosure where there's a big bird cage with little finches and stuff. So you can sit mm-hmm. and watch them and keep your brain up to speed. Yeah. At least I'll be smarter than the bird brains <laughs> in there. Uh, Luke um, Luke and Andrew do an improv because of, you know, inspired by Carrie and the improv is terrible. And uh, Luke tells a joke about what he said when Carrie left to do her uh, work at the retirement home, which Andrew beeps out, and he doesn't beep it out because it's um, because it's racist or inappropriate. He beeps it out because it's terrible, and and it's funny. It's actually funny when it gets beeped out because then your mind fills in the funny. So I thought that was an interesting choice, since he doesn't do a lot of uh, bleeping, and. He says he does not laugh at the joke, and he says that he's not doing any more courtesy laughs on TBTL, and that he and Genevieve are not doing courtesy laughs anymore, uh, which is difficult because Genevieve's so funny, and he wants to punish her um, for <laughs> enacting this policy by not laughing at her actually funny jokes. You know, that's, that's quite that's a an dynamic. Interesting dynamic. There. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I really enjoy her, and she's very quick and. Um, yeah, I bet she probably has a higher batting average than Andrew. And Andrew tells a pretty terrible joke later in the week, which I think one of you is going to talk about. 
Um, the Techno Geek song has been posted by Lynn Pham on the Marsupial Gurgle, and also I think uh, Christy put up a link in the Stens to the song on SoundCloud. So if you're into that, by all means, could make a good ringtone. Yeah, it's not bad. I I, I don't I, I have problems. I mean, I would have problems listening to it at full volume. It's good underneath the the donors. Mm-hmm. But at full volume, you know, I, I guess I'm just my club days are over and I'm I don't wanna hear wait for the drop of the techno geeks. Well just wait till you get to the new leg and then see how you feel about the clubs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Well, out to the clubs with my club leg. Um Let's see. Oh, the top story is uh, there's a lot of theft going on in Chinese national parks, and now they um, they have facial recognition software. You got to throw your face in front of there, then you, they give you two feet of toilet paper, which for me is more than enough. I would probably ch- gladly share with anyone in there who looked worried about their supply. But I think one thing that this story has cemented for all of time is Jeremy is never visiting China. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Too much stress. He would just be stressed out the whole time, just pocket stuff full of toilet paper he brought, you know, from his hotel. And what happens if you get caught with a bunch of toilet paper on Do they just assume you've stolen it? Or or do they, you know, will they let you go? Is there a stop and frisk for toilet paper policy? I don't know, but I was thinking you could be that good Samaritan who just leaves the extra in the stall. It's like hitting a parking meter that still has quarters in it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good policy. I would leave like the foot and a half in there for the next (laughs) poor bastard that came in was, you know, had some bad Chinese food or what they call food over there. Um Luke sees uh, a lot of bad hygiene in, in airports. He brings that up, and, and it's, a, it's a theme throughout the week because there's emails later on. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of b- bad hygiene everywhere. He's just noticing guys walking out <laughs> of the bathroom without washing their hands. This is, this, is, uh, this is something that's been happening a long time. And, it, and is it as common with women as it is with men? Because I think like one out of every four guys walks out of the restroom without washing their hands. Um, by chance, I just had this exact conversation with one of my male coworkers a few weeks ago, and he was telling me all the guys who don't wash their hands, like he's naming names for me of the guys who don't wash their hands in in the bathroom at work. And then he says to me, so which women? And I said, no women. And he said, what are you talking Mm -hmm. about? You're lying. And I said, I have never seen a woman leave our bathroom at work without washing her hands. Never. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it does happen occasionally, but yeah. it's pretty rare. So, so in, among women, it's it's remarkable. And Christy actually has a coworker who doesn't wash her hands, and that's that. You know, like guys, yeah. There's probably five guys in every office of any size that don't don't wash their hands after they're done. But this woman, because it's so remarkable, Christy calls this woman shit hands, and actually, she doesn't work there anymore. It calls the woman shit hands, and uh, the woman walks out of the bathroom and then dips into like the M and M's bowl you know, at the reception desk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just rifles through uh, all of the snacks, all the public snacks. If you don't, if you don't, uh, if you don't want this to be your moniker behind your back, just wash your hands. Well, it's that easy. I can't believe that Andrew says 
<clears throat> excuse me, Andrew says he thinks that you cannot point to direct harm that comes from not washing hands. Have you never heard of E. coli? Come on. Or just pink eye. I mean, there's yeah, a I've wide range eye. of disgusting stuff. I've had pink eye a couple times. Like um, the last time was I used to judge these DECA competitions, which are just high school marketing clubs. And, and the kids would come present something to you. And part of the whole thing is they have to shake your hand and look you in the eye. And, you know, there's a whole protocol of it. And you go through a day shaking hands with, you know, 25 high schoolers. And then you touch your eye like the next day was torture. Uh, yeah, that's a real thing. I'm glad I haven't had E. coli, but uh, pink eye is nothing to fool around with either. So, Well, and here's the thing. Uh, the bacteria and the germs and whatever, uh, we all have to deal with that in our lives, right? You can say that probably the dirtiest thing you ever touch is a dollar bill. Um, mm -hmm. But for me, it's penis fingers. I do not want to touch your penis fingers. And I do not want to touch anything that your penis fingers have touched. That means doors. That means chairs. That means desks. That means the remote control on the monitor in the conference room. I don't want to touch your mm -hmm. penis fingers. Uh, please note, subscribe now for LRB extra content for our 10-minute tangent about the Edward Scissorhands porn reboot. <laughs> title penis fingers steve yeah. penis fingers yesterday <clears throat> jeremy w wandered into the chat and said that like not washing your hands after peeing is not so bad because pee is sterile which meredith immediately slapped down with science uh that that uh, there are all kinds of there's a there's a whole ecosystem going on in your in your prives that you shouldn't be sharing with the world and i was thinking that if i if i were edward penis fingers uh, i wouldn't want to shake hands with jeremy because like at least three of my urethras would be infected immediately i believe it was steve steve penis fingers Thank <laughs> right. steve penis fingers <laughs> mm -hmm. um at least he, okay. he could go on workman's comp though because that's Oh, those, those yeah, hands are his place. livelihood. <laughs> sure. <laughs> those he can't he can't work on the set in Van Nuys anymore. Right. Till that clears up. The the next story, uh the Tom Brady Jersey story, um really got nothing to add on that. The video's pretty funny though, watching this guy uh, <laughs> trying to stuff it under his suit and he had the wrong credentials. It's it's pretty great. Uh more monopoly token follow-up uh hopefully that's done i just monopoly tokens luke makes a whole point of saying that he refuses to give monopoly any more attention for their publicity stunt and then he goes on to talk about it just stop yeah. talking about it uh yeah hasbro is a pawtucket rhode island based company their offices are right down the street from my house any attention buoys the economy of my home city so keep talking about monopoly <laughs> Hasbro always sounds to me like a like an internet site where there's pictures of kittens and stuff like that. Um, the there's an email from Robin in Denver. Uh, she she is the one who. Oh, sorry. This is a voicemail from Robin. She avoids a petition person by dialing TBTL and doing a fake conversation. Then, of course, does the follow up call explaining. Um, I have a tip for anyone. 
who doesn't want to have to use their phone to avoid petition people, just um, tell them like I do. Uh, I I I've been in prison. I can't sign your petition. <laughs> And then that has a dual effect of them saying, oh, well, yeah, that's a valid excuse. And also to get the fuck away from me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Good tip. That's all I have for Monday, guys. Uh, The only follow-up I had on the Tom Brady jersey story was a thought that he would have tried to steal Wes Welker's helmet, but he couldn't get it under his shirt because it's so big. But he did. Oh, yeah. Wes Welker is the one who wears the the great gazoo helmet, right? That's right. That was just for you, Mike. Uh, Thank you. We'll go to Tuesday, 2341. The late bird also gets the worm. This is a short one, which is great because Wednesday is looming. Uh, Olive is dirty because she goes outside. Uh, We have the Detective Finn bot, which is on Twitter at IcedTSVU. This is uh, Ice-T's character on SVU and a bot that makes up fake drug names, symptoms, and elements uh, too much humor. Uh, I did spend about an hour this morning skimming the Ice T S V U Twitter feed. Eventually, you catch uh, rhythms mm-hmm. of um, <laughs> snacks, chain restaurants. Uh, there are certain things that start repeating, but it's still worth a look. Uh, and then- it's great uh, because it distills a show that is so so um, formulaic down right. to a the formula, formula within the formula. <laughs> Uh, it's no NCIS. I'm not going anywhere near SVU. Oh, it's too violent. Too, too much weird sex crime for me, the SVU That's stuff. True. Uh, the guys talk about prestige podcasts, uh, and this is all sparked by S-Town, which is going to be dropping its whole season all at once so that people can uh, binge it like Netflix shows instead of having to wait week after week like we all did with Serial and uh, – Richard Simmons and and all the other, you know, more recent popular podcasts. Um, And they talk about some podcasts that they recommend. And I see in your notes, Homecoming, I noted my dad made a porno. Um, Mm -hmm. And all I'm going to say there is we'll suspend that conversation from us because our next episode is actually going to be a tripod special where we're going to be introducing some podcasts that we've been listening to and share clips of them with everyone. So I don't want to get too much into that now. For specific shows. I will say that that I've I, I am producing a, a prestige podcast called P Town and Penis Fingers <laughs> is a huge huge part in this. You're gonna drop all uh, the episodes at once. Well, S Town, you have to drop it all at once because you don't want to go back in there. Oh God. Uh, but I do want to highlight one moment from this conversation, which was Andrew asking Luke how many butts on a butt hurt scale of zero to ten he was hurt. <laughs> which I think answer- that's, we we start out at ten, right? That's, no, that's well, just mean, I, the baseline. Luke Luke said it was zero, so I don't uh, I don't know. But I like the idea of a butt hurt scale. As much as I hate the word butt hurt, the way he framed that was was good. Uh, the top story Tuesday, um, guys who have a company where they send potatoes with messages on them to people because it's the age of the internet and that that's a thing that can make you money, uh, have been sending them to basketball players, um, uh, much like Mike's Pizzas, uh, in an effort to just get attention for them on social media, and it's working. Pictures of these mm-hmm. potatoes with the players they're sent to are coming up all over Instagram, which is what I hear the kids are using for their social media these days. 
Um, highlight of this conversation is that Andrew did not know who Spud Webb was. Terrible. I know who Spud Webb is. I know yep. Spud Webb and Muggsy Bogues. Come on, Andrew. Yep. <laughs> and knows the names of the NBA basketball players that she could post up. Yep. She knows these guys. <laughs> and there it's aren't very not... many of them. Uh, I don't know about <laughs> no, that. No, they're not very, very many I could either, so... And you've got some skill. If you're trained, I think we could get you. We could get you there. Uh, Adam Silver's head looks like a potato? Question mark. <laughs> I think it's a stretch. Uh, it looks like uh, I don't know. He looks like a praying mantis more than anything else. <laughs> I, I've, Luke had the best line in here. He said he looks like he just got done shutting down an orphanage. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's closer to accurate. Uh, the. Serious conversation about basketball is whether or not it's okay to sit your stars because uh, teams with a comfortable lead uh, do this in the NBA because of how many games they have to play. It's just logical to, uh, to, to rest your best players once in a while so that they don't get injured or fatigued. Um, but fans hate it, obviously, because they paid to come see, especially when you're in a town where your team is terrible and a great team's on the road coming to you, and they're only going to come to your town a couple of times all year. You wait all year to see Golden State or to see Cleveland, and then they show up and the B squad hits the floor. Uh, right. I think where this is going to land is you will not be able to uh, sit your healthy superstars. There'll probably be a list like, you know, Bobby, in fantasy football, there's like a list of maybe 20, 25 guys that you can't cut because – it's a shady move to cut a healthy superstar. Right. Um, they'll come up with a list of NBA superstars that cannot sit um, for road games uh, that are happening in the other conference where they're only going to appear once. Cause those are the situations where you, golden golden state is going to, is going to visit, you know, say Washington and they're going to be there once. And if they sit all of their, superstars then it's kind of a ripoff for the the local fans so and of course you mean the what is, wizards and not the supersonics the the washington bullets is what i'm talking about <laughs> so um i think what's going to arrive at is you can you can sit your uh healthy stars at home at any time or you can sit them within your conference but no more than once out of the three or four times that you're going to play that that other team. So sounds like you're going to need a spreadsheet. Yeah, a spreadsheet. I, I, I'll get Christy on it. Christy loves basketball. So yeah, uh, and uh, suddenly Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and Draymond Green all got the flu together. Yeah, that's the thing is is there's going to be an honor system until there is no honor, and then they're going to have to have independent physicians like they do with the concussions in in the NFL. It's like, but then even then. You can't judge anyone's pain. Right. Like if someone says, my back hurts or whatever, what are you going to do? You're going to get you a know? Bill Belichick style injury list where everyone's day to day. Right. Oh, it hurts so much. I'm ready to play. Uh, yeah. Uh, more sports to come, uh, but we'll do it quick. Uh, Andrew says that he bleeds golden flashes, <laughs> which is the most out. I've ever heard him. <laughs> I've ever heard him care about Kent State because he happened to be at a bar and he caught the uh, – Kent, Kent State, uh, Akron Zips MAC championship game, and I can say as an alum of a of a MAC school, the uh, Buffalo Bulls 
Mac conference, Mid-Atlantic conference, uh, I can say that despite that I haven't seen a Mac game in years, I care more about Mac sports than Andrew ever has. Uh, but yeah, him bleeding his his bleeding golden flashes was still worth the line. Why why can't Buffalo get like a superhero name like Zips or Golden Flashes? Why you got to be the Bulls? <laughs> the Bulls? That's so boring. Well, because our mascot is Victor E. Bull, and those suits are expensive. <laughs> Does he look like a frat guy, like a broham, like uh, the New England Eddie the Eddie Pat. the broham, whatever? Pat, that Pat the Patriot. Oh, right. Pat the Patriot. Uh, no, but he's blue and he has a, a giant nose ring. So he's he's making it with the oh. underground kids. You cool. know. <laughs> Uh, the only reason I mentioned the Kent State stuff is because on a text chain, was it, uh, Luke sent a, a spoof about Kent State using pictures of the shootings from the Kent State riots? As they were losing yeah. badly in the NCAA tournament, uh, the, the tweet was, like, Kent State fans be all like, and then it was the dead students on the ground. Yeah. Oh, dear. <clears throat> um. But I mean, I, I yeah, that you got to be really careful with your audience with a joke like that. I know that's something that I would send maybe to one on one with some of my friends, but never, never, never where no, not not no, yeah, no. Nope. <laughs> uh, we dabble on the U Dubs mess, but um, we'll save that for tomorrow. Um, we get an email about how the first uh, measure or so, I mean, the, at least the first couple of notes of the Doogie Hauser theme song seems to be missing at the beginning of the loop track that they're using and it's really just annoying the hell out of one listener uh and they investigate this although i don't think they actually came to any real revelation after listening to it and then they've got to go because luke is rushing off to get his red nose spot lasered again finally this thing is coming to fruition I, after all that talk about i didn't the know that was a multiple machine. thing well that's how they get you yeah. It's a, it's the chiropractory of red lasers. It looks yeah. good and feels good now, but you're going to have to come back every two weeks for the rest of your life. Or <laughs> else we lasering. can't promise that it won't start getting red again. I would just start putting my, my bald spot helmet over my face. <laughs> just laser it up. Uh, but that will go to Wednesday, 2342. Everything is coming up. Mulaney, uh, which is our first Simpsons reference of the week. Classic. Everything is coming up. Millhouse. Um, thank you, listener Bet. We've got a couple more to come, but she did, as always, an excellent job tracking these for me. Um, here's what I want to do with this, guys. We talked about this before we started recording. Uh, Wednesday is a tangent show beyond all tangent shows. And um, I'm just going to read through everything before the top story. You feel the interrupt if you must. Uh, otherwise, we'll just pause at the end of everything before a top story is and we can break it all down together so put 38 seconds on the clock you got it <laughs> i just want to say before you start that luke finally gets caught eating on air for the first <laughs> time since he made his pledge he's come close to he's it he's come very close <laughs> but he was eating a cheese stick yep uh spelled with two threes and uh, <laughs> uh, missing vowels <laughs> at least it was a good choice something that i would have enjoyed eating yeah uh the Bay Kitty is running around and has the zoomies, uh, probably post-shit zoomies, apparently, which we know cats do. <laughs> uh, conversation about Mr. McFeely, the mailman from Mr. Rogers, leads to a conversation about who the casting would be 
uh, for a biopic about Mr. Rogers, uh, a conversation that never gets buttoned up. This leads to a conversation about the founder, the movie about the founder of McDonald's, uh, not being a very good movie. And I believe this was because they said that Michael Keaton would appear somewhere in a Mr. Rogers biopic. I've not seen the founder. I want to, and I'm sad to hear the trailer looked good. good. Yeah. The yeah, trailer yeah, looks I heard great. It was good. Um, we flash back as a reminder to the time Mike Pesca's dog Rumsfeld was going to a doggy daycare in a limo and a picture of him doing so appeared on the cover of one of the New York publications, but we can't remember which one. And I tried to Google it, but looking up, uh, Pesca Rumsfeld limo, New York, um, only brings up some really disturbing Google image results. So I stopped. Uh, I think I archived the original time that Luke talked about this. So it may be somewhere in the archives. Fair enough. Uh, they get on to a round of name the comedian and it ends up being Mulaney. Oh my God. It was so painful. <laughs> uh, Luke is eating cheese and other stuff on the air. So thanks for keeping your promises. Andrew's uh, dad liked the comic strip Blondie and Andrew thinks that it's probably just because of the extravagant sandwiches. <laughs> the sandwiches are great, but don't, don't undersell Blondie. Yeah. She was keeping True. it tight. Yeah. True. Uh, the smart Nora uh, has arrived. Uh, later in the week, I think we find out it may or may not actually work. Uh, and the embarrassing part of this is that Luke loves unboxing videos. Why? Ugh, in our chat, Jeremy said, well, Ellie loves unboxing videos. I'm like, Ellie is six. Luke is 40. <laughs> Emily and I watched one. It was, we couldn't finish it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the Fighting Irish logo has a bad fighting stance, which gives us a chance to hear Luke's Irish accent again. Hey, I agree. That's that's a bad fighting stance. It's old fashioned. What it need that the new logo needs to be uh an Irish guy leaping over a table to headbutt somebody. <laughs> yeah, uh just a Jaegermeister machine in the background. That's fine. Uh I realize that's not Irish, but that's what he's gonna be drinking. Um mm -hmm. talk of recordings of people snoring many years ago, early in their relationship, Genevieve caught a recording of Andrew snoring on one of Andrew's apparently many dictaphones. <laughs> Dictaphone's a funny word. Um, <laughs> it just is. Uh, and Andrew was uh, horrified and also genuinely angry with Genevieve about taking the audio and keeping it. Uh, and then, uh, to push the disturbing audio conversation even further, Luke starts playing a YouTube video of fart sounds, which, as we learned, pushed at least one listener over the edge. <laughs> That's everything that happened before the top story on Wednesday. Don't forget that Andrew thought he would make the fart sounds better by adding the Star Trek ambient <laughs> noise track underneath it. Right. Because farts in space make sense. <laughs> Uh, top story Wednesday uh, is about Cheerios. We're not going to fall for any more Monopoly stories, but we are going to talk about when they go south. Right. Uh, Cheer yeah. Cheerios is trying to make the world a better place and save the bees by including wildflower seeds in their cereal, except the wild uh, the bees don't like these wildflowers and they're not indigenous to the United States. So it's pretty much an ecological disaster. That surprises me because General Mills is a Minneapolis company and they have an extremely good reputation as a place to work and a lot of good people work there. So I'm pretty shocked that they could make such an egregious mistake. So 
I was driving back from my prosthetic fitting appointment. Yes, folks, it's getting close. Uh, in San Antonio, and I was listening to a radio show that doesn't play in Austin, and that's Science Friday with Ira Flato. And it was a, the top story on there, and it was even less interesting than it was on TBTL. <laughs> uh, but what struck me is that Ira Flato sounds like if Howard Stern does a nerd voice. Just tell me, next time you listen to Ira Flato, tell me that isn't exactly the case. So that was my only takeaway. Yeah, uh, similarly, uh, there's a Cheerios factory in Buffalo, and the whole city smells like Cheerios on a clear night, which is amazing. Um, that's the only reason I love Cheerios, and it's really a shame that they blew this. Uh, Life Hackett Buddy, as of the recording of this show, uh, was a domain name, a .com domain name that was available, but it is no longer available. So uh, take that for what you will. They gloss over a story about a guy who robbed a houseboat with a kayak, which would have been a great top story. How does he carry all the loot? I mean, he can't yeah, be like the stealing the TV. Right. Yeah. He's just after the... You know, this is like a smash and grab car situation. He's just after the loose change. Uh, Andrew watched Harry and the Hendersons recently for the first time ever uh, because he realized he lives right near the Harry and the Hendersons house. Um, I don't know how you go this long without seeing it. It's one of those movies that pops up on cable and um, is, is sort of a classic. I don't think I've I have seen not it. seen it. And yeah, what the hell is wrong with, with me, it's people? a protest vote. I'm anti Sasquatch. Don't tell Joe. Sorry, Joe. Uh, it's not real. Doesn't exist. Not buying it. Wow. Uh, guys, seriously. All right. So one of these days we're going to do a Fifth Friday show where we just watch Harry and the Hendersons then because I'm down it's for great. It. <laughs> I thought you were going to say one of these days we'll do a Fifth Friday where we take all the information Andrew gives out about where he lives and triangulate his actual position. That's Because it's mm-hmm. happening. It was Luke well, first who was narrowing down the target on Alabama Hill. True. Yeah. Uh, John Lithgow isn't British. He's actually from Rochester, New York. We of course are... he's not British, for God's sakes. <laughs> we are brothers in uh, uh, heritage from Rochester. Uh, Andrew loves... He loves a good garbage plate. That's right. Oh, I'm sure he does. He knows well well what's good for him. Uh, Andrew loves Legion. I have no experience here for this. Mm-mm. Yep. It's, I've heard of uh, it. I heard it's good. It's stuff. on cable, so yeah. I can't watch somebody it. Will, somebody will write in this week and tell us why we should know what Legion is, so please do. Um, I did notice Luke says at one or no, Andrew says at one point, uh, because he doesn't know superheroes very much, he goes, The Fantastics? Is that a thing? The Fantastics Aww. is an excellent musical, <laughs> actually. Uh, but, of course, he's referring to Fantastic Four. None of this matters because Andrew sneezes and then feels the need to explain it in detail. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, Luke liked Pete Holmes' appearance on Fresh Air and regrets passing on having him on TBTL a while back because he probably didn't want to clean the house the day Pete Holmes wanted to come over. Uh, and Luke uh, uh, says that Andrew does not have cancer despite a Twitter spoof. Rather, Luke does not have cancer, but then he gives Andrew cancer on Twitter. Right. There right. Uh, voicemail message from Billy says, put the sinks outside of bathrooms in a common area. Therefore, public shaming will ensue if men do not wash their hands. Good idea. It's it's happening. I mean, I've been to a restaurant in Austin a few times that has that. The sinks are, you come out of the the potty area into the sink area. And if you just 
pass by, you're going to be passing by some ladies who are washing their hands. Yeah. So, um, extra shame, I hope. We had an LRB meetup at the Optimism Brewery Brewing, something like that, in Seattle last year. And the bathrooms are uh, non-gendered. And you just go in and you take a locking stall down a row of stalls and urinals or toilets or something. Just individual stalls. And then all the sinks are in one area. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, same thing. I think it would be a lot weirder not to wash your hands there. So I like it. Also, it just makes more sense efficiency-wise, mm-hmm. you know, to, to just have one big space for that. Um, I used to work with a woman who was dating a lot um, – Let's call it, uh, she was on the prowl, cougar on the prowl type. And she had a first date at a bar right near our office and told us the next day that it was a deal breaker because the guy was super creepy and at one point took some ice out of his glass and started rubbing it between his hands under the table. And when she asked why, he said it was because he he needed to wash his hands, but he didn't feel comfortable leaving her at the table unescorted. Uh, no. <laughs> On so many levels. <laughs> yep. I'm always happy when I hear those stories because she didn't get down the road with this guy. No, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't a divorce story. Right. Uh, but uh, a first date who doesn't wash his or her hands, that's a deal breaker, right? I don't know. How hot is she? Is she blondie? <laughs> <laughs> if she's, I don't know. If she's making you a sandwich that looks that good, maybe. Maybe you let it Yeah, slide. with those penis hands. Wait, uh, vagina hands. Yeah. Oh, ooh. Uh, Jello talk. Uh, eating Jello with those dirty, dirty hands. Uh, Jello also. That was uh, that was the worst. That was a bad. All of that was bad. Yeah. The Jello thing. Jello also from Greater Rochester, Leroy, New York. You know what? And- I had I I made Jello that day because we have Jello in the house because Emily really likes it. And th- th- because they were talking about and how gross it was or whatever, I made it. She's enjoying it. I had the instinct to make Jello, but I didn't have the instinct to go to the store to get it. Well, and Luke goes back to the thing about how Midwestern salads are all Jello and Cool Whip and mini marshmallow. I'd like to just say, Midwesterners, we do eat lettuce, Luke. I promise. <laughs> it's iceberg and it's candied, but it's lettuce. Right. Yeah. This is a this is a food that costs thirty eight cents. That's what appeals to me the most. <laughs> Plus roughage. There's a lot of benefits there. Uh, and we get an email from a, a listener who lectures her four year old loudly about washing hands in the bathroom, mainly to to passive aggressively really lecture the people around the four year old. Um, that kid's going to need a lot of therapy, but it's for the greater good. Mm-hmm. Uh, On to an emergency no point conversion. Uh, to discuss uh, a wide range of sports, starting with the mess at uh, the University of Washington uh, with the firing of their head coach and, along with it, their assistant head coach, who was also the father of their chief prospect and one of the best high school basketball players in the country. Um, just a, just a, an unveiling to how messed up college sport recruiting is. Um, I can't believe that there wasn't a rule against that. No, this has been happening. This has been happening for a very long, long time. Uh, National championships have been won with fathers of players temporarily on coaching staffs. And the corruption in college sports 
is it is actually not as bad i guess i can say is like way back in the day when my when my dad was he played for the national championship with Seattle U and they had a team completely of paid players including my dad but most notably Elgin Baylor who's a NBA Hall of Famer like top 10 player of all time who came from Washington DC for no real reason except um money and you know they they lost in the national championship but i mean this is the way the teams used to be put together just straight up cash and and his his team went on probation the following year because of all of it um but the way the way they're doing it now is they're they're circumventing the rules uh, by <laughs> by doing stuff like uh yeah your dad's going to be a coach he's going to make all this money and stuff and you can come here um the UW uh it sits in a hotbed as luke was saying and luke looked at a good job of explaining all this mess sits in a hotbed of college basketball talent and the uw in particular has put a lot of players into the nba in the last 15 20 years um because it used to be when when i was going to school at the uw um there was there was just as much basketball talent going on around but it was all going to arizona or ucla or these other places but in in this in this past era they've been able to keep guys around they've been able to send them to the nba so it it, and that sort of feeds upon itself when when guys are in high school and they see that guys go to your program go to the nba they don't care so much about whether they're going to go and win tournament games or national championship at your school because if they're that good they're only going to stay a year anyway so win loss whatever this past year as luke said they got the number one or two player in the country who's going to be in the you know top pick in the in the nba draft and they had a terrible season, but um, but still, this guy is going to be a superstar in the NBA, and he's a UW guy, and Isaiah Thomas, UW guy, big star. There are a lot of Brandon Roy was a big star, and there's all this pro buzz around the UW. And I think Romar must have talked them in at some point into making a leap into being a program like the University of Kentucky, which does this thing every year uh, where they bring in three or four guys that are going to be one and done. And these players know that even if they don't start at Kentucky, they're still going to be possibly first round picks because they're going to get developed as players and they are going to be playing against the highest quality competition in practice every day, which is a great preparation for the NBA. And so UW obviously was making this, this move where if they get all these guys and next year they come to prominence and they actually make a run in the tournament where they can be that school every year where this happens on the West Coast. Uh, and until I hear otherwise, like like they're going to get caught for something illegal that happened in the process, I have to think that the university got cold feet and they just thought, um, this, it's kind of shady. We don't want to be in this business. Maybe the, maybe the, the, the AD, maybe the president decided – that uh, that the that the AD didn't have this power and shouldn't be doing this, and it was a perfect time to get rid of Romar because he had his just his god awful season, so you could justify firing him. But yeah, the program's in a shambles and it makes me sick. And yeah, and you're right. I mean the whole the whole the whole thing's messed up. If I didn't like basketball so much or UW so much, I would 
you know, I'd be more sickened, but you know, I'll be watching the games tonight and I'll forget all about this shit for four hours. Well, that was what I mentioned to you before we were recording is that I Mm -hmm. find the business of college sports to be just so disgusting, but I don't have a love for the game to balance Mm -hmm. that out and make it palatable for me. So I just sit here and go, Oh my God, what (laughs) is all this? How, how can you, anybody think that any of this is acceptable, but I just don't have that connection and that love to the actual sport. This is mm-hmm. Anne on sport and the business of sport. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I believe I saw since this was all discussed on TBTL that uh, uh, father and son, uh, Michael Porter, senior and junior, both at Mizzou now. Mm-hmm. That all happened in the last couple of days. So he, he went again where where the money was. Um, and just, just another reason why the, the 19-year-old entry into the NBA is ridiculous and how basketball and football both need – effective paid minor leagues like baseball mm-hmm. and, and hockey. Um, but uh, that's another show someday, Mike. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, other sports talk. Uh, Brandon Roy is the head coach at Nathan Hale. Oh, uh, Mariners. They're, um, Luke is very optimistic, right? Yeah. Um, the, you jumped ahead. You jumped right past the giraffe cam, Mike, because this was a serious no-point conversion. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, yes, the guys are going to spring training, and Luke asserts that if Felix gets better, the Mariners will have a great season, because no shit. <laughs> he has them going to the World Series, which is not not even realistic in any... And, and uh, I will tell him if he's in Las Vegas, um, he doesn't have to be there before the season starts. He'll be able to great, get great odds on the Mariners at any time during the season. <laughs> he he Do does this every year, though. He, he is <laughs> always so over-optimistic about the Mariners' chances. Do you have your World Series prediction, Mike? Um, not involving the Mariners. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that. Just like every other World Series since the beginning of time. It will not involve the Seattle Mariners. Uh, what what really, I, I, Andrew really got me with something that I don't know if anyone else caught, but he said uh, that he was thrilled that the Mariners had upgraded their offense. They've got some some good new dynamic players that would make for some very exciting at plates this year. Oh my God! Yes, I noticed that. <laughs> oh my God! So I played many years of baseball, softball, fast pitch softball. Uh, was a decent hitter throughout, but never once had an exciting hit plate. <laughs> Not during a baseball game, anyway. At brunch, sometimes I get an exciting hit plate. But he he thinks they're just going to have great team meetings at uh, claim jumpers. It's fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> Some big at plates. <clears throat> uh, Nats Indians, by the way. If I had to pull anything out of my ass, it would probably be Nats Indians for next yeah, year. Yeah, Nats. The Nats are on the rise, and the Indians have a good year left in them. Uh, the NFL is restricting jumping over the line of scrimmage because it's the no fun league. I will say, Luke. Luke was talking about how that's it's a rarity, and it's not. I mean, I watched a ton of football this year, more than any other year in a long time, and every team is developing that guy who's going to jump over the center, which eventually makes um, the extra points ridiculous. Yeah. And it also. Um, when you jump over someone's head as they rise to block you, you risk paralysis in the player who is rising because that is the number one way to get uh, to become paralyzed is to 
have your head smashed down like you're a rock'em sock'em robot, you know? So get rid of it. It was fun for a minute. Get rid of it. So they were wrong on that. And they're also wrong on the other thing where they say the NFL won't work in Las Vegas. Uh, I, I think in general, like just move a team there, expansion team there, probably not. But moving the Raiders there, I was at the Super Bowl involving Tampa Bay and the Oakland Raiders. And I think every single Oakland Raiders fan in the world uh, was in Las Vegas. And these are only eight games a year. So a lot of these people in Oakland are not going to give up their tickets. They are going to be partying it up in Vegas eight times a year. So Vegas will work with the Raiders. This I believe. It's not the same game from a media and um, merchandising perspective as it was even 10 years ago. Uh, these teams will succeed in Vegas and LA because Vegas can treat home games like fight nights mm-hmm. and it to be a big event. Every time casinos can buy up all the luxury tickets and comp give them to high rollers and yeah. put their stamp on all that and, and make it the thing in town to see. And you know, that that's, it's okay to have a transient fan base when you're in a place where people actually want to go. The, and they're building the stadium, right? They're not asking for public money. That this is the problem. They're not asking you know. with the shitty teams in Florida. There's a reason Jacksonville doesn't have many fans, and that's because it's a city that there's no interest and no one wants to go there for football games. But people will go to Vegas. So, I sorry I misspoke. <clears throat> they are building it with public money, but they're not voting on it. It's over with. They're just giving them the money. <laughs> it's gonna because it's Las Vegas. And it's gonna make money because it's Las Vegas. And the same thing with the teams in L.A. They're they're gonna they're gonna be fine. Uh, because mm-hmm. you don't need an L.A. base anymore. Uh, people will go to L.A. It'll be it'll be big. Uh, and finally, um, in the awkwardness of quote-unquote ownership of players, uh, Marshawn Lynch is still property of Seattle um, and uh, would need to be auctioned off on the block. Uh, <laughs> that That's the point. Um, but uh, as Mike, you noted, uh, Marshawn Lynch's career is over. This is just a great little PR bump for whatever product he's going to tie him to next. Yeah, th- this is this is a guy who was very naturally gifted, and he's not a guy who's been <clears throat> pulling tractor tires up hills the last couple of years, you know, to stay in shape. So he's over. He, he was he was almost done when he declared himself done, and I'm sure with all this rest, he's really done. And I, you know, that's great. Enjoy yourself. Have some skittles. All right, Thursday, number 2343, mucho further north O. Um, we start the episode by Luke telling us that Rudy has been taking her guys out into the backyard all day, which is absolutely freaking adorable. Uh, and they are a little bit punchy because this is their third start to the show. Um, and before that, they spent an hour trying to record two uh, 60-second spots for advertisers. So they're a little bit loopy and a little bit punchy. And uh, throughout the show, they keep saying that was the cherry that broke the camel's back after Andrew's comment. And this now is going to be the hero take. I did a very cursory Google search for the term hero take, and I didn't find anything. So I don't know if that's a real phrase or not. Um, And they mentioned that they've been getting a lot of feedback from Nate. And they spoof that what he said was that they need to make more inside jokes and be more exclusive with their content. Yeah, just scare off new listeners any way possible. I think my sense is that Nate is making some really good recommendations and Luke is fighting them a little bit. 
you know, he always wants to do his own thing. I think he's in the resistance stage. He doesn't want to do traffic on the twos. <laughs> we can negotiate. Traffic on the threes will be just fine. Mm -hmm. um, Andrew is suffering from tree pollen allergies. He's been sniffly and... Um, uh, apparently they've gotten a lot worse since he moved away and then back to Seattle and he needs to have his feelings confirmed by the internet. It's not good enough for him to know that it feels like his allergies are worse, worse today. He wants somebody to tell him that that is the case. And so then he goes to this website that will tell you all the different tree pollen counts in the air. And then he lists all the trees and all the tree pollen counts. Is, is this better or worse than the rejected Ross and Burbank segments? When he got to Magnolia, that's when I just about lost it. I couldn't. <laughs> uh, oh, Andrew. I wonder how many people didn't hear the rest of this show. <laughs> if you stuck through pollen counts, you were rewarded by Applebee's sex parties. <laughs> Don't get ahead of yourself, Bobby. Sorry, sorry. Um, because Luke takes this as an invitation to start talking about AccuWeather.com. And from my my tangled recollection, it's be, it's because he of the connection to um, verifiable data on the Internet. And then he's he's um, into Jim Kosick and Jim Kosick videos and all of the the crazy Kosick videos they've played over the years. And Luke thinks that this guy is a lunatic. And I'm like, really, that's not news to anybody but you and andrew brings up this trope of the crazy tv weatherman where the the weatherman has the license to be kind of goofy and weird and obviously that makes sense because your anchors can't be goofy they have to have some gravitas to um to impart the news and so that leaves your weather guy and your sports guy but my observation is that you can have crazy weather men but you cannot have crazy weather ladies Weather ladies are not goofy. Weather ladies are sexy, and they wear mm -hmm. tight dresses, and that is the only criteria. And I, there must be some really good lady meteorologists out there who are very frustrated in their TV careers because they're not a size <laughs> one half. They have to turn on the t TV and see Luann Platter from King of the Hill doing <laughs> doing the weather. And they want to know who even watches local news anymore. I think Luke said that there's something very parental about watching the local news. I must just be hopelessly behind the times because I still do check in, especially in the morning, for stupid weather and traffic before I go to work, just for 10 or 15 minutes. But I like it. It gives my life a little bit of routine. Just check um, in with the same people every day. We put it on before bed just because there's honestly not a great way to get the local like what's happening in Rhode Island uh, other than the top the A block of local TV news after that we tune it out because it's bad coverage of all the national stories but you know how are we going to know where road closures are or if the governor just did something stupid that's it <laughs> that's where we're going to find it yeah absolutely I've found all my national news from the internet throughout the course of the day. I don't need any of that stuff, but I do want to just quick check in and have someone tell me how I should dress tomorrow. That's all It's okay um Luke says he doesn't want to insert any fresh talk into the show <laughs> as per Susie Burbank's verbiage, <laughs> but he was at some steak restaurant, it, he spends too much time talking about the steak restaurant, um, where he overheard two um, 70s age dudes who were talking about, number one, 
bad meals they'd had, number two, lawnmowers, and number three, a Craigslist sex party at an Applebee's that featured some BBWs, some big, beautiful women. And uh, I could feel it coming as soon as Andrew mentioned the Olive Garden, and he just made the terrible Olive Garden where your family joke about Olive Garden sex parties. And I was Mm -hmm. just like, stop, stop. That was a rough one. Yeah. <laughs> and again, bottomless apps is the endless apps. And those are at TGI Fridays. Not Applebee's, and not Olive Garden. Bottomless fries are at Red Robin. And when I was uh, working as a, a radio salesperson at WYGC in Florida and I went to sell advertising to the Risque Cafe, that was bottomless everything at that <laughs> place i could which imagine was gross <laughs> <laughs> well apparently this sex party happened in the break room of the applebee's while the restaurant was open i i have not worked in enough restaurants to know if this was a possibility i don't even know they had like dedicated break rooms in restaurants and they refer to the great apple G- applebee's orgy of 2004 there was so much Applebee's talk that I feel like they need a field trip. Like they went to Arby's. They just need to go to Applebee's and, and get it out of their system. Oh. <laughs> I just can't. The top. Hmm? No, I, I just can't. It's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> the top story for today is that Damon Lindelof, famously the creator of Lost and now this show called The Leftovers on HBO, sent a, a letter of some sort or an email uh, to critics about to review the new season, uh, imploring them to a not spoil the show and B don't binge on the show. Um, and uh, because he says that binge is not a healthy word and it's not a healthy behavior to be consumed and get, get binging on anything. And, and then they talk about the whole idea of binge watching for a while. And Luke really likes it. And he talks about, lost saturdays and um andrew says this is a great point for andrew is that binging is good for him because then he doesn't have to remember from week to week what the plot points and character names from the previous weeks were so there there's a specific tangible good that comes from binging i don't know i'm not everybody's a different i can't do it yeah i mean I, i'm not particularly either i'll watch two or three of something usually not a whole season but everybody has their groove. I mean, uh, and if you're a freaking critic, you have to binge watch. So, yeah. How are I you going to do your job otherwise? <laughs> yeah. You have to get through the first six episodes or whatever. They're always putting that in the reviews. But I don't understand the concept of lost Saturdays. I think I'm doing something wrong. Because here I, I'm single. I have no man. I have no pets. I have no plants. Why is it that I don't ever have any lost Saturdays? I always have so much to do on Saturdays. I can't devote a whole day to binge watching. Get yourself something. a fifth of gin uh-huh. and <laughs> just start drinking it at nine in the morning and your Saturday will be lost. Yeah. That's great advice. Or you could be like me in college. Um I don't we don't binge a lot now. Um I can hardly find time to watch the few T V shows I like to watch. But when I was in college, um Buffalo was on sort of the cutting edge of file sharing. This was as Napster was just becoming new and 
Um, we had a hub where people could share files with other people on campus. And so it was, you know, probably 80% porn and then movies and TV shows. Um, and uh, you could download whole series of stuff and you would just let your computer go work on it for a couple of days and then come back. And I got a second computer monitor, one of the big old ones, and I put it on the top of the shelves so that I could see it from my lofted bed. And I would watch, um, well, back then, The West Wing and other stuff, but I would just let it go for hours and hours and hours. And I loved it. And my grades didn't. Um, mm. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I loved it then because it was new. You couldn't really binge like that before unless you went out and got a series, a TV series on you know, early DVDs or, or VHS or something. Yeah, and that was costly. Right. And this, that was... And this was free, and you just had to hope that no one spliced terrible porn into the middle of a file, which people would do to mess with other people on that hub. Um, but, uh, I've you know, I've, I feel like I've grown out of that. <laughs> um, and just, it would be rare for me to lose an entire Saturday to TV now. Uh, just not, don't have the time. Mm-mm. Well, we get a couple of interesting tangents out of this discussion. And the first one is that Carrie dated one of the creators of the TV series, John Doe, which I actually watched. It only lasted a season. I don't even remember if I watched the whole thing, but I did see a few episodes of that. So then, of course, I, I wanted to see if I could figure out who it was that she dated. It was, must be either Brandon Camp or Mike Thompson, according to IMDb. I'm hoping for Brandon Camp because you can kind of see his picture. and He's not a bad looking dude. So... <laughs> I expect that Luke probably has some some jealousy issues that he's not vocalizing over that, over her I'm dating tweeting a, a at TV both guy. of these guys right now. Tweet, tweet, tweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, the second tangent is just for no reason. Andrew talks about uh, writing stories in college with no roadmap. Oh, that was the point of the John Doe story was that they came with, they, they sold the first season and with this big mystery, but they had no idea of how the mystery was going to resolve. And everybody learned their lesson after lost that that wasn't a good thing. But Luke thinks it takes a lot of, a lot of balls to go into something like that of no plan, how it was going to end. And then Andrew tried to equate his, his college stories but saying it was okay that they didn't have any any roadmap because, you know, it's not a TV series that he's writing. It was a very strange conversation. Um, then leftover rice could make you sick. And apparently there are some, there's a possibility that there may be uh, spores in rice that can get activated by the cooking process and then start growing, producing some toxin. That's not worrisome at all. Um, mostly because I think, Probably the vast majority of majority of us like eating leftover food. Like Luke loves eating leftover Thai food standing over the sink, which is quite a, a picture that he's painting there. Um, Andrew tries to bring coffee into the story, but I think that that's a different thing entirely. Andrew, focus. We're talking about rice. Um, and that rice sitting out in restaurants is probably what the real issue is. Uh, this takes Andrew into a story of this Hawaiian restaurant that he goes to. He really likes the food there. It's sort of a single operation, single guy operation, but it's really dirty and it's getting dirtier. No, thank you. Um, uh, I think there was a Simpsons quote that tied to this, which was, uh, uh, it's not leaking, it's overflowing. I think that uh, was that right. in, yes. in relationship to the bus bins. Probably. Yeah, I, I yeah. that's right. right. 
It sounds disgusting as far as I'm concerned. Yes. But then we got to the thing that really flummoxed me was Andrew's story about one time going to a Mongolian grill place, thinking that it was a Quiznos and demanding a sandwich and getting upset when the guy kept telling him that he couldn't make him a sandwich. What the uh, hell was, was he this? On, did, was he on a lost Saturday? Did he have a bottle of gin in his hand? I, how? How? I, I like. I have no commentary. <laughs> Just other than how. Can Must have been some really confusing branding at the Mongolian Grill. <laughs> they got a pepper bar. <laughs> And they somehow get into the idea of buffets, and Luke says he has buffet anxiety because when he goes to a buffet, he can't be sure that he is going to be super maximizing his experience there. Just do what my brother does. Just camp out at the prime rib station. You're you're maximized as shit right there. <laughs> I do feel a little bit like that at the dessert station at those places. Like they have six different desserts, and I want to eat mm-hmm. them all, and I know that I can't. Uh, mm-hmm. We need to get you out to Boston. There's a famous and amazing chocolate buffet um, where they do breakfast and then a whole lot of chocolate pastries and crepes to order. I'm listening. We'll get you out here. We'll do it. We'll have an LRB event where we all go to the chocolate buffet. Okay. Uh, let's get back to sports because we didn't have enough of it yesterday. <laughs> Um, the USA versus Puerto Rico in the World Baseball Classic has just ended. Um, nominally, the story is about how Puerto Rico ran out of blonde hair dye because everyone was dyeing their hair in order to support the team. But really, Luke um, turns it into a story about how he feels shitty because Puerto Rico clearly wanted this championship so much. It meant so much to them, and the USA didn't care. But they were the winners. And Andrew says that he thinks that this is a wasted victory for the USA. And I I don't understand that thinking at all. Well, they're wrong in one way and right in another. I think it meant more to Puerto Rico as a country, the championship. But to say that it was a wasted victory and that the USA players didn't care is wrong completely. Because I watched a lot of this tournament. And these players, they had a couple really top flight USA players, but like all of the best players were invited to play for the USA and many, many, many of them passed. The ones that did play chose to play and were really into it and played well and were enthusiastic. And there's a lot of great sportsmanship in this tournament. So, you know, had they watched any of this, they would have realized that the, the USA players wanted it, earned it. And just because the country, our country didn't appreciate it as much because it doesn't register as much for us, doesn't, you know, doesn't. It doesn't mean it was a waste. I agree. Yeah. Totally. It's a showcase for players who might not otherwise be able to get noticed. Um, And that serves an important uh, value for for American baseball, and that's all I really care about. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, In voicemails for the day, uh, Jackie calls with a a shame-eating story. I really do enjoy these shame-eating stories. She had two crunchy taco supremes from Taco Bell, and, of course, it made a mess over. We talked about hard-shell tacos a few weeks ago, and she's trying to figure out how to ditch the evidence. And she she sounded so conspiratorial in that voicemail. It was just delightful. Uh, Elise calls. uh, She 
says that she thinks that we have missed the most obvious angle for a TBTL voicemail <laughs> jingle, which is the Cars for Kids yeah. theme song. But that just gives the guys an excuse to replay the magnificent Cars for Kids jingle that Dr. Jim submitted as part of his, I think it was his TBTL-a-thon um, benefit, right? He got to have something mm-hmm. aired and he, he chose to, to write a Cars for Kids a TBTL jingle. And finally, this was so great. As I wrote down the name wrong, but I think it was Tierra, right? Who called and said she was going to Checkers to get a, a five-wing special and ended up with two bags of food. This goes right back to what we were talking about a few weeks ago about the whole purpose of coupons and deals being to get you to buy things that you weren't intending to buy. Yeah. Yep. And so I didn't even she... know Checkers had wings, so now you know, it's working on me. I... You got something to but... look forward to. Yeah. So I, I just loved it that she was waiting for her wings, and she texted to get a coupon, and it was like a, a countdown coupon, that like a Mission Impossible style. You must <laughs> use, self-destruct in 10 seconds, so she sure. had to use it. And then there were two apple pies for $2. And so she had to get that deal and she ate all of it and she's not sorry. And I love it. I think that's great. She shouldn't be sorry. Absolutely. Mm -mm. And that gets us to the end of Thursday. All right. Friday, 2344. There's something about the soul of a bird. Uh, I'm going to keep this short because there wasn't a lot of content. There was the uh, massive announcement from the, uh, not the Everett RV lot, but the dentist office lot adjacent to the RV lot. Um, where before they get to the announcement, Luke has to point out that there were two girls, one Snuggie, on his way in. Um, that was an Andrew joke, and he he was really inappropriate this week. Good on him. Yeah, he's really cutting <laughs> loose with his grossness. Um, they're talking about renting an, an RV. Uh, but they, they're going to have to put a deposit down. So now Luke's worried because he has no credit. Right. So $300. $300. You have a card. He doesn't have $300 credit. You have a card that you can put $300 on. So that strikes me as very real. But what the guys are announcing is there's going to be a road trip that's going to start on June 5th and um, end on June 10th in Austin, uh, where they will be doing a live show on Saturday June 10th, which is going to be great for me because I live very near Austin. I don't know if you guys knew that. I heard something about it. I was aware, and I am already angry that I have immovable plans on the 11th of June. So it does not look like at this time I will be able to come down for this. Anne, are you traveling? I'm thinking about it. You know I'm pretty frugal. That's all we can ask. It might be fun. That's all we can ask at this point. Um. I I have a uh I have a dream catcher about this, but we are running really long, so let's tease that dream catcher. It's gonna be evergreen. It's about um Meredith's angst about not being able to go because, you know, obviously it's just a four hour drive for her, but she's gonna be at her destination wedding in the Dominican Republic that weekend. And I had a, a dream this morning, which I will reveal on the next show on which I appear. So <laughs> in due time. Uh, Luke says y'all, which I have no problem with. It's pretty efficient. Mm-hmm. I don't mind, you know. <laughs> He's kind of getting into it. I say y'all all the time. Um, there is uh, more more Twitter ratting out of the show. 
Um, this is about the on the media thing. Bobby, bow, 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 you, you're, bow, you're, you're better at following this Twitter stuff. Nobody tweeted them thing? that Bobby did that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Shit. So I'm going to do the short version of this because we are very long already this week. Um, but I, I have not been this angry. Guys, this is my throw my phone moment of the last several weeks. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> without getting into too much detail, uh, this is an issue that's come up before. And this time around, um, a listener uh, – well, we didn't mention it, but on Thursday, was it, uh, when they got on their media very briefly, the guys joked saying – well, actually, they didn't joke. They said, guys, don't tweet it on the media and tell them we do this. And so, of course, a listener not realizing that Luke and Andrew would be as up in their feelings about this as they were took that as a prompt to tweet it on the media about the fact that Luke sings their theme song. And, of course, uh, on the media – uh, a show that has had plenty of funny uh, producers and hosts through the years, in- including I think Pesca actually worked there at one point a long time ago, um, tweets back and loops in Luke Burbank and says, is this true, Luke? Do you sing our theme song? <laughs> Which has a moment to be hilarious and great mm-hmm. for TBTL to get the mm-hmm. on-the-media audience shining their light on tbtl with a goofy endorsement from the hosts of on the media and instead on friday's show luke and andrew get all up in their feelings on the show really taking down this listener i don't know if she listens to uh lrb or not if you do good on you for that tweet and don't listen to luke and andrew's shit about this i've said it before and i'll say it again if they say something on their show they should assume that people are going to hear it they, they mm-hmm. love this self-deprecating crap about how no one listens to the show. But here we are taking our time to die, to break down their show every week. And we've guessed they've got like 20,000 people listening to this. And I would say that at least 15,000 of them know how to use Twitter. <laughs> right. So for the love of God, make all the jokes you want, but own them or don't say them. It's a public forum. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? I don't understand why they would be embarrassed about this anyway, because Mm -hmm. they weren't throwing shade at On the Media. Andrew has talked so many times about how much he loves On the Media. And this is just a funny little tribute that they do. So I don't, I can't figure out why they would be so upset that On the Media would find out about it. There's no doubt in my mind that Brooke Gladstone is on Andrew's laminated list. Oh, good God. (laughs) And uh, I've read Bob Garfield's uh, mystery books. <laughs> like, uh, On the Media is a great show. And yeah, they're just having some fun with it. And they actually did get into a legitimate OTM topic after they did their theme song. And that's what that listener was tweeting at, at OTM to say. Like, hey, these guys covered a cool journalism ethics topic. <laughs> uh, it just their reaction to it made me so mad because it was such a how's your podcast reaction. And in a lot of ways, Luke's not like that as much as he used to be. But on this, like don't belittle a listener for this. And it was a missed opportunity to interact with another show, a big successful show in a very, you know, playful way. Yeah. It's fun. Fucking tripod month. Could have been a great opportunity. (laughs) Have a little back and forth with on the media. What's the harm in that? Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. I'll leave it there. So there's some talk about will Andrew kick the tires on the RV, which they never revisit when they come back from actually um, 
checking out the RVs. They did not test drive, I don't think, but they both decided that the 30-footer was too much RV for them. They're going with the 25-footer. And then, you know, there was a lot of talk about who's going to sleep in which bed and about using the showers or the toilets. It's, it sounds like they might as well have just gotten a car because nobody wants to <laughs> use any of the features of the RV, you know? So let's let's get five miles a gallon driving this thing and stopping every 10 feet so I could pee or poo or take a nap. I mean, what are they doing? You have a road trip, you scaredy cats. Uh, we get... Talk of Luke pooping over a log in the woods. It's a visual I don't need. Worse than the fart noises to me. Um, it was a log the, right then, behind an Applebee's break room, though. I'm just going to tie all the bad visuals of this week together. Oh, bottomless. Oh. There's your bottomless app. Yeah, I I, I don't... I, the bottom... I just... I don't know. I can't can't get past... Can't get, get past the the bottomless apps because if they were any good why would they give you so much of them to me it's like a circle of hell i is i can't remember it's probably the, i think it's like the fourth circle of hell avarice and wastefulness i mean you might as well just replace it with bottomless apps <laughs> at that point so gross um that's my tangent for the day uh emails about the the chinese toilet paper Thieves, um, Michael had a great story about how he had to mime taking a poop, being alarmed at it, and then having to plunge it to get a Chinese housekeeper to get to get him a uh, plunger. That was one of the best emails of all time, I thought, because that's just such a great story. Uh, an emailer, Cedar, says paper is at a premium in China, so people walk around with paper that they need for various uses. Um. And then uh, we get to an email about uh, not washing hands, and somebody has a coworker who has an elaborate system for not having to wash their hands in the restroom, which was just sounded like a bunch of bullshit. Justification. It didn't sound for... very elaborate to me. It just sounded like common sense things that you do. You know, open I, the door with your knee, kind of deal. I don't think people should flush with their shoe because your shoe's covered in urine and shit, and you're just making it worse. For the person who doesn't choose that path, hmm. that's my opinion. Just watch your, but wash I, your hands. Yeah, there, there you go. Uh, Andrew goes in and out of the rain to get his CD for his music for your weekend, which was actually a pretty good song from the David Geffen Company Rarities Teenage Fan Club Mad Dog 2020. Neither one of them seemed to know that the company's Mogan David. And they didn't look it up. So that's why it's MD 2020. And then people just see it, saw MD on the label and called it Mad Dog. But it's Mogan David. Um, Luke Song, Cherry Glazier, Teenage Girl. And Bruce uh, from Athens, Alabama, formerly Lake Stevens, Sylvan Esso, Die Young. So there's Clip Clop with music for your weekend. How about that? Well done. Put that in your... Your pipes and smoke at you, music lovers. Thank you, Mike. On to uh, housekeeping. Archive project. Guys, you've heard so much about the wagons full of loot. We don't need to tell you more now. Just keep on archiving. Every day you archive is a chance to win the next wagon full of loot. Um, 
I think we're working on getting the next Wagon Winners unboxing somehow on this show. So you'll hear the next stage. Oh, God, in, the uh... unboxing video. Should we should we make them make a video of the unboxing? Get it onto one of those sites? What's funny is you take the Wagon Full of Loot out of the box, but it expands so quickly once you do, you could never get it back in that box. No. <laughs> Casper. Uh, if you're going to buy uh, uh, Colony in a Nation or anything else, do it at Little Red Bandwagon slash Amazon so that we get some uh, sweet, sweet pennies from Amazon for each of your purchases. Earbuds and Earworms latest episode is songs about coffee. So take a listen to that for your morning wake up and uh, keep Nerd Out Loud in your feed because it's only a matter of time before they delight us with more stories. Um, uh, Jeremy's been helping a friend uh, move this last week, which means he spent a lot of alone time in a truck and in what looked like uh, cheap to moderately priced hotel rooms. So I imagine there's a bevy of He's stories. Firing coming. back applets and cutlets, <laughs> <laughs> washing them down with Red Bull. Uh, Anne? If you'd like to get involved with the show, please visit our website, littleredbandwagon.com. We'd like you to come and be our guest. Pick a clip and be on the show and talk about it with us. They're be always guest, really fun. Be our guest. <laughs> Sorry. You Still just have stuck. the whole Disney catalog. <laughs> uh. Uh, it's a very low-pressure situation. You don't have to be nervous. We just want to have fun with you. Mm -hmm. uh, come and visit the Facebook page. Lots of good conversations going on. Our show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. And, of course, we love having voicemails and texts at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. All right, I'll get us out of here, guys. Until next time, this is the next party. Yeah, we love you, Lumiere. Nailed it. That was a sweet one. <laughs> Have I ever done this? <laughs> Taco lovers, you made it to Taco Tuesday. Today only, you can get two fresh-made Taco John's crispy tacos for just 99 cents. So get over to Taco John's for Taco Tuesday. You've waited long enough. There's a whole lot of Mexican going on, going on a Taco John's. Every day in February is Taco Tuesday. Two hard-shell tacos for 99 cents.